0: last week, we started a new series. We're looking at the question, who is this man? Jeff asked me at worship practice this week, don't you know already? And I don't. That's the sad thing, isn't it? A lot of us come to church every Sunday, and we don't know who this man is. We don't know the true nature of why Jesus said the things he said. We don't know why he did the things he did. So the point of this series is to look a little deeper at how Jesus' life has influenced who we are today. The the things that we have in this world. We're going to look at how Jesus influenced medicine how Jesus has influenced the value of a person. How Jesus actually influenced women's rights. How Jesus has influenced even art. But he's influenced so many things. Last week we talked about when we began looking at a piece of scripture where Jesus was invited to a dinner party. Very quickly the host realized that he was going to regret Inviting Jesus to this dinner party. It was a dinner party full of Pharisees or teachers of the law in that time. But as Jesus walks into the room and he sits down around the table, he quickly realizes that he isn't the only special guest that was invited to this party. You see, there was also a man who was invited to this party who suffered from edimium which is a painful and very unattractive illness that parts of the body fill with fluid. And it's a very painful and very gruesome thing to look at. And it was kind of, he stuck out like a sore thumb because he would never have been invited to a Pharisee's house because he was considered unclean. And see, they had invited this man to come and they had invited Jesus because they wanted to watch him. And they wanted to see what Jesus would do. How would he react? You see, it was a Sabbath. It was against the law of Moses to to do any work on the Sabbath. And so they were testing Jesus to see if he would actually heal this man on the Sabbath. Or would he just let him continue to suffer in his pain? And Jesus, knowing what the disciples, what the the Pharisees were up to, he says to him in Luke chapter 14, verse 5, If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on a Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they said nothing. They had nothing to say. They couldn't answer him. Because you see, the question that they were really wanting to know had nothing to do with legalism. It had nothing to do with the law, but it had everything to do with the value of a human being. What were they going to place more value on? What were they going to say was more important? Keeping the law or having compassion and healing this man? And Jesus asked them the question, if you had a child or an ox and he fell into a well, would you not immediately pull him out? If your child fell into the well, are you going to say, oh, I'll see you on Monday? No, you're, you're going to do whatever you can to get him out. If an ox fell into a well, your livelihood, are you just going to pray and hope that it can swim for another 24 hours? Probably not. No, it's, that's your money. That's your job. It's your livelihood. You're going to try and save it. You see, Jesus talks quite a bit about the value of a person. In Matthew 12, 11, verses 11 and 12, he said, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take a hold of it and, and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Matthew 6, 26 Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our, our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more value than they? Matthew 10, 29 through 30. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very he- the hairs of your head are all numbered, except for me. <laughs> but he values people. He values who they are. In the Mark passage, the young man just read for us said that as Jesus was teaching the crowd he had compassion on them there was something in his heart that stirred him to say that these people are here it's my job they're here because of me it's my job to take care of them it's my job to feed them it's our responsibility to have compassion You see, in the face of deliberately ignored suffering, Jesus is not a highly sensitive, compassionate person. He's not sensitive about the issue. John Ortberg says he is a highly irritated, compassionate person. When Jesus sees that we are not compassionate, that when we don't have compassion on those people who are in need, it angers Jesus. It makes God angry to know that we don't care. In all the stories that, is, that are shared in the Bible about Jesus having compassion, we're never told that he had compassion on someone because they deserved it. Listen. We're never told that he had compassion on them because they deserved it. It was merely because they needed it. That's the only requirement for an individual to have compassion on another person because they're in need. Regardless of what they've done to us, regardless of their reputation in the community, Christ tells us to have compassion and to love them. A sociologist named Rodney Stark argues that one of the primary reasons for the spread of the Jesus movement was the way his followers responded to sick people. Was the way that we responded to those people who were in need, the people who were sick. During the reign of Marcus Aurelius in AD 165, an epidemic of smallpox broke out and killed between a third and a fourth of the population. So, a a big chunk of the population was taken out because of an epidemic in smallpox. Less than a century later, another epidemic broke out in Rome, and it was recorded that 5,000 people were reportedly dying daily. 5,000 people dying daily. The main reaction was merely panic. Because no one wanted to be around another person in fear that they were going to die themselves. No one was willing to put themselves at risk in order to help them. And so all it did was spread. Therodisius a Greek historian says, "...they died with no one to look after them. Indeed, there were many houses in which all the inhabitants perished through lack of any intention for care. The bodies of the dying were heaped up, one on top of the other. No fear of God or law or the law of man had restraining influence." There was nothing that was going to tell people to go out and to love these people and to have compassion on them, to try and help them, to try and heal them. It was just panic. But there was also existing in this community the small group of people that remembered they followed a man named Jesus And that this man Jesus, he he would go up and he would touch people who had leprosy. He would go up and, and hug the people and love the people who were considered untouchable. The people who were cast outside of the city and they were no longer allowed to be around people. Those were the people that Jesus could be found with. Dionysius, if I'm pausing, it's because I'm trying to pronounce these words. Dionysius, um, he was a third century bishop in Alexandria. said, heedless of the danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life sincerely happy. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Why? Because they remembered that a man named Jesus said, and is recorded in one of the Gospels, the Gospel of Matthew, verse 35 through 40. Jesus said, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so this Jesus community, this community of followers of Christ, said that it doesn't matter what happens to me. Because Jesus, the man who came into this world as one of us and died for our sins, taught, then lived, that we were supposed to have compassion on the people who needed us. Not who deserved it, but the people who needed us. And so they had compassion. And then an early church father named Basil... Had this crazy idea. What if we build a place to love and care for lepers? They don't have the money, but that's okay. They don't need it because we're not going to make them pay. Because we're going to raise the money and we're going to pay for their care. We're going to do it. They can't pay, they didn't have insurance. Imagine, a world without insurance. A world with free health care. Because the followers of Christ had compassion. Well, Basile's brother, Gregory of Nicaea, was out raising money, and it just so happens that he was invited as a bishop to the Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea is also the council where we get the Nicene Creed. Gregory from Nicaea says, Lepers have been made in the image of God in the same way you and I have and perhaps pre- preserve that image better than we. Let us take care of Christ while there." There is still time. Let us minister to Christ's needs. Let us give Christ nourishment. Let us clothe Christ. Let us gather Christ in. And let us show Christ honor. And out of this council of Nicaea was established the first hospitals Because it stated in this council that any place that there was a cathedral, there would be a hospice that would be set up. And that hospital would be run by the church, that the people who needed health care would be provided for them free of charge because the church was going to pay for it. It didn't matter if you attended church on Sunday morning and you showed up Monday sick. You got taken care of. It didn't matter if you were known as the prostitute on the street and you showed up. You got health care. It didn't matter if they knew that you were a convicted killer and you were out now and they gave you care. Because a man named Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. jean Henry Dunyant. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong because he's Swiss. He heard the sounds of men's crying coming from the battlefields. And stirred in his heart to have compassion on these men, he began to devote his life to the people in need. And so in the 1860s, an organization known as the Red Cross was established. And now the Red Cross can be found around the world. An organization devoted to helping those in need. Why? Because you see, Gene Henry was a follower of Christ. And Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And see, you want to know the neat thing about this? He wasn't just caring for those who were on his side. He was running to the other side of the battle lines and caring for them. Hence the reason why the Red Cross is hung. And the flag, wherever the Red Cross is seen, they're off limits. Anyone in battle knows that if you see the red cross, you can't shoot them. Hmm. And that cross represents Christ. A man who came and had compassion. Tertullian, another church father, said... It is our care for the, of the helpless, our practice of loving kindness that brands us in the eyes of our opponents. You see, because people are watching us. We call ourselves followers of Christ, but how will you respond to a moment in need where someone needs compassion? Compassion. Will we watch someone fall into a well and say best of luck to you? Because we know their background. We know that the bad things that they have done, but so we're just going to leave them? Christ calls us to have compassion. Yesterday I had the privilege Performing a funeral service. Sounds like an odd thing to say. But I had a privilege. Some of you may know. I know the people who regularly attend the church. Know Dr. Dwight Garrett. Do any of you guys know Dr. Garrett? Did you know Dr. Garrett? Some of you. Okay, He was a dentist for 41 years. Here in Hartford City. And. He served in the military as he served in the Navy as a military, um, a dental surgeon. And in sharing in his funeral, getting to, to see the people that he touched. And, you know, there's a, I hesitate to say it because it's not always true. But sometimes it's true. You can tell a man's influence or a woman's influence by how many people show up. I mean, really can be an indicator. Well, to give you an idea, there were more people in the funeral than there are here right now. And the largest funeral that I've done I've done too many. And the beauty of being able to do a funeral like Dwight is that I don't have to say anything. I don't have to share. All I get to do is speak in his behalf because it was his life that influenced all the people that were here. It was because of the compassion that he had. He was a very mission-minded man. He served on, on many missions trips. Went to multiple countries and served on mission trips. He was also a Boy Scout leader for many years. So he was one of you. And he led the groups in the same fellowship hall where you guys meet on Tuesday evenings. And he was a man of compassion. He was a man that saw the desire and the need for young men to know the compassion of Jesus. You may be wondering, you Boy Scouts, what does compassion, what does Jesus' compassion have to do with me? What does it have to do with Boy Scouts? Well, a lot of the principles that you're taught, that your leaders teach you, are things that go back to what Jesus said, to how Jesus lived, to serve others, to think of other people before yourself, to have compassion on those people in need. I'm sorry, but it wasn't just a wise scoutmaster who came up with those things. But it was a man who, as a scoutmaster, is a follower of Christ, who sees a desire to teach you about compassion. You see, Jesus influenced our healthcare system, all simply because he said that you and I are the most valuable things in the world. More valuable than money, more value than your car, your home, more valuable than this building, more valuable than anything in the world is you. And when you stop and you have compassion... You're saying you have value. You're saying that you are valuable to Christ, so you are valuable to me. It's no coincidence that a lot of the hospitals are called St. Francis, are called the Methodist Hospital. A lot are given religious names. Well, it all comes back to one man who said, whatever you do for the least of these, not for the rich, not for the people who can take care of themselves, not for the healthy, for the least of these, the untouchable people. Those are the people. Whatever you do for them, you do for him pray that as you see someone who may not deserve compassion but i pray when you see them you will say they need compassion and love them and help them in any way that they need it why may not you may not care a flip about the person. But you do it because you're a follower of Christ. And that Jesus said you're valuable. So I ask you, what value will you put on the people you see every day? And when you place that value, remember one thing. Tertullian said that it's how we care for the helpless that influences our opponents. And in terms of opponents, that means those who don't follow Christ. You see how you value people will influence how they people so what value will you place because Jesus said you're priceless